Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 152 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us more about you. Help us hear the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's take a look at Luke chapter 19. Yesterday, we read about Heal building the city of Jericho. Today, we read that Jesus went to Jericho where he had dinner with Zacchaeus, who was considered to be quite a sinner. Zacchaeus was determined to see Jesus. He didn't let his short stature or inability to get through the crowd discourage him. Instead, he found another way to have a look at the Messiah by climbing a tree. Usually, we see children climbing trees, but here we have an adult acting like a child, using that childlike faith Jesus talks about to seek the Lord. The sinner that he was was saved that day. Jesus rejoices and calls him a real spiritual child of Abraham. I love how Jesus intertwines the Old Testament with the New. Then he tells the parable of the money given to three different people. Two of the people invested and made more money, but one hid it and returned what was given him. In verse 26, Jesus said, I tell you that everyone who gets and has will more be given. But from the man who does not get and does not have, even what he has will be taken away. I believe this shows us that we are given gifts by God and are expected to use them. If we don't use them, then we lose them. Let us ask the Lord to show us how to use the gifts he's given us and ask that he helps us cultivate them to use them even more effectively in service to him. I love the miracle we see in this chapter as Jesus instructs two of his disciples to go find a colt, untie it, and bring it to him. Everything turned out exactly as he said. I also love that it was a colt of a donkey, which is considered to be a beast of burden, and the one who rode it would carry our burdens. We read about the first Palm Sunday again. Verse 38 says the people cried, Blessed, celebrated with praises is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven, freedom there from all the distresses that are experienced as the result of sin, and glory, majesty, and splendor in the highest heaven. Imagine being in the crowd of people praising Jesus. Some recognized who he was, and they were exceedingly blessed. He is majesty, splendor, and glory. We can praise him today as the people did way back then. He also becomes indignant with the people who were selling in the temple. I wonder if he would have the same feelings today. Let's see what vision John writes about in Revelation chapter 3. He is given a message for the church of Sardis. There isn't much encouragement about what they are doing right, except for just a few people. They are called dead and are encouraged to wake themselves up and become strong and have more vitality and life in them. They are encouraged to remember the lessons they've been taught and incorporate them into their lives. You, my friend, are doing this as you continue to read God's word. Verse 5 is encouraging to us and says, Thus shall he who conquers is victorious, be clad in white garments, and I will not erase or blot out his name from the book of life. I will acknowledge him as mine, and I will confess his name openly before my father and before his angels. Let us pray for the strength to be victorious in what God asks of us. Then the church in Philadelphia is addressed. They are commended for their keeping and guarding Jesus' message and truth. They were operating in some of the power he had for them, but not all of the power available to them. Even so, they were true to Jesus and his priesthood, and because of this, they would be kept safe by him. The last church to be addressed is the church of Laodicea. They are accused of being neither hot nor cold toward God. 
They are more interested in worldly riches. God's wrath is upon them. They are encouraged to seek after true gold, gold refined by God, a heart refined by God. Let us continue to seek after God, learn more of him, and become more like him. Verses 19 through 21 say, Those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I tell their faults and convict and convince and reprove and chasten. I discipline and instruct them. So be enthusiastic and in earnest and burning with zeal and repent, changing your mind and attitude. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will eat with him and he will eat with me. He who overcomes is victorious. I will grant him to sit beside me on my throne as I myself overcame and was victorious and sat down beside my father on his throne. Let us receive this encouragement from our God and King and pray he helps us be victorious over our own selves. So we are granted the honors Jesus talks about here. Passages such as these keep me in God's word. I need to be continually reminded to press in and be better than I am today. May this be a word for you today as well. Let's see what's happening in 1 Kings chapter 17. We see the power of God in this chapter. Today we are introduced to Elijah the prophet. He went to Ahab, king of Israel, and told him there would be a drought. Then God came to Elijah and told him to go east of the Jordan to a brook called Cherith. The Lord would feed him through ravens who brought him bread in the morning and meat in the evening. He drank out of the brook until it dried up. Imagine being fed by birds that God would send to you. God has a way when there seems to be no way. He has a plan when we cannot see one for ourselves. Even so, the brook dried up for Elijah. It looked desperate for him once again. However, God told him to find a widow in Zarephath, a widow who had nothing left except a partial jar of meal and oil. She was going to make herself her last meal for her and her son and then prepare to die. Take note that God did not send Elijah to a wealthy person. He sent him to the humble, which is something God did a lot. We don't have to be wealthy to be used by God, my friend. God blessed what little she had and made it last. This looks a little like the loaves and fishes Jesus fed the thousands with. While catastrophe appeared to be happening when her son died, however, Elijah prayed for him and God brought him back to life. This whole chapter shows us there's nothing God cannot do. Our circumstances can look bleak or desperate, and yet the Lord has a plan. In chapter 18, God told Elijah to go back to Ahab, for he was going to send rain and end the drought. Ahab had been looking high and low for Elijah to ask him to end this drought, and I imagine he would kill him if he didn't. In all these three years, he had never been found. A servant of Ahab's, Obadiah, was tasked to find him, but he was unable. Elijah found Obadiah and told him to tell Ahab that he wanted to see him. Obadiah was more than reluctant because he thought Ahab would kill him. However, after much discourse, he relented. Elijah saw Ahab and offered him a challenge. Remember, Ahab served other gods and greatly angered the Lord. The challenge was to offer a sacrifice to their gods and then one to the living God. Whichever responded by fire was the real God. There was quite a display on the part of Ahab's prophets. They even cut themselves to try and draw the spirit of their false gods to make fire. Of course, nothing happened. Elijah filled four jars with water and had it poured on the offering and the wood three times, so the water overflowed everywhere. When he prayed to the Lord, fire from the Lord fell on the sacrifice and it burned everything up, including the water. The people finally saw that God was the only true God. Elijah had all the false prophets killed that day. Then Elijah told Ahab it was going to rain. He bowed himself down and asked his servant to go look for clouds and rain. He went seven times before he saw the smallest cloud. 
seven times. We see belief and patience here, both rewarded by God. Let us pray for more belief and patience to weather the droughts in our lives and difficulties we face. God is almighty, his plan is perfect, and his plan always reigns. Let's see what wisdom we find in Proverbs chapter 2. We read that if we desire and seek insight, understanding, and wisdom, then we will understand the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of our omniscient God. Verse 7 says, He hides away sound and godly wisdom and stores it for the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with him. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly and in integrity. Ah, this is so encouraging and comforting, my friend. Let us seek wisdom. Verses 10 and 11 say, For skillful and godly wisdom shall enter into your heart, and knowledge shall be pleasant to you. Discretion shall watch over you. Understanding shall keep you. These are promises we can hold on to. They are also fabulous verses to write on note cards, memorize, and hold close to our hearts. The Lord strengthens us through his word. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for showing us more about you and your ways. Help us follow you, Lord. Keep us seeking you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.